This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. The bad economy doesn't seem to be deterring Americans away from cosmetic procedures. Nearly 10 million cosmetic, surgical, and non-surgical procedures were performed in the United States in 2009. Despite the recession, Americans shelled out almost $10.5 billion. As the demand grows, so does the job market. Physician assistants, nurse practitioners, and nurse injectors have all been working in the field of aesthetic medicine for many years. But the new growth brings new challenges. My guests today are Jill Jones, registered nurse and certified plastic surgical nurse, founder, president, and CEO of Aesthetic Advancements Incorporated, AAI, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Jennifer Paleo, nurse practitioner and owner of Faces of South Tampa. Hi, Jill and Jennifer. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having us. Jill, could you start by telling us about Aesthetic Advancements and who you are and what you do? Okay, certainly. Well, Aesthetic Advancements, or AAI as we're commonly referred to, is an educational company that provides Category 1 CE and CME accredited courses in non-surgical aesthetics to medical professionals. And, of course, these practitioners that do attend our courses must have a valid unrestricted license in their state of licensure, and the procedure that they are receiving instruction in must be within their scope of practice for their state of licensure. And who does the teaching? We have 21 clinical instructors, and together we have a combined clinical experience of over 120 years in non-surgical aesthetics. And all of the instructors come from a background in one of the core specialties, as they're referred to, and the majority of them in plastic surgery or dermatology. And every one of them are actively providing the service or the treatment to the patients within their own clinical environment of the courses that they are teaching. So the instructors, are they PAs, NPs, nurses, MDs? What's the makeup? Most of the makeup is NPs, RNs. We do have a couple of PAs, and we do have one physician that serves as a backup instructor and just helps in courses with the hands-on instruction. Let's talk about the level of professional that comes to the training. Who comes to AAI's trainings? Well, we have physicians, we have nurse practitioners, we have PAs, we have RNs. Now, we are not in the business of policing and telling states who can do these procedures. So what AAI has done, we have established our own criteria for admittance, meaning that we want practitioners that we feel have a a clinical education background that makes them more qualified to perform these procedures. For instance, we start with an RN as a basic entry level. However, As you know, the standards are not consistent across the country. It varies from state to state. So if someone wants to attend our courses that are not an RN or above, what we require is that their medical supervisor attends with them. Got it. So AAI has become well-known for their quality trainings. I've worked in this field for many years, and I've heard of AAI. I've been to the training And I'm just going to ask the obvious question that I thought, which is how could an aesthetic procedure training company that's owned by a nurse with trainings done by nurses be so successful with MDs? That's really a very good question, and I have found it to be totally fascinating. And actually, when I first started the company in 2002, it was just me and an administrative person. When I first began, I started teaching 
an ophthalmologist in my area that knew me personally, knew my background, knew I had years of clinical experience and expertise, asked me to come over and teach just him one day how to do Botox injections. The word spread, it became more popular, and it eventually came to where I was teaching practitioners I had never taught before, most of them, the majority, being physicians. So, of course, when I started teaching physicians that I had never met before, being a nurse, I was very anxious and could just picture what might happen to me (laughs) in that environment. And I was very surprised and relieved to see that these practitioners and these physicians that were coming to me for clinical instruction were paying to attend this course, therefore committing financially to this education. They were coming because they knew that I did have the expertise and the clinical background, and they respected the fact that even though they had a much higher level of learning and education, they realized that these procedures, to be successful and to deliver safe treatment, you do have to own a separate, distinct set of skills and be able to apply what you know of the anatomy and physiology towards each procedure. So they've been very receptive, and I think most of our instructors have found that to be true as well. And, you know, occasionally you'll have a physician that will challenge you, you know, just trying to posture a little bit. And the key is you know your material, and it's all based on sound science and backed up with published clinical material. Well, that's what I love about your company. And all the egos were checked at the door, and it's a small group of people who just want to learn a skill. That was my experience, and that's what I've heard from others. And I just I love that about it. Let's switch over to Jen for a second. Jen, you're a nurse practitioner, and you've been a clinical instructor at AAI for many years, and, and these were critical years in the evolution of aesthetic medicine. How have you seen the marketplace change in this time? I was one of the first instructors with AI. And I can say when I first started training with AI, I think Jill said it best. It's almost we have an initiation for new instructors to stand before a physician. They think it's going to be so intimidating, but she is right. They're very receptive to it. But most of the physicians that we trained were MDs, but they were of non-core specialists. We trained everything from gynecologists to a pediatrician to cardiac surgeons and one time even a psychiatrist I knew took our course. So a lot of the non-core specialties at that time were trying to get in it, and I think that was around 2003 or 2004. And then I found that a lot of the pharmaceutical companies were starting to support the idea of nurse injectors more and more. So we had a lot of mid-levels entering the courses as far as RNs and PAs and nurse practitioners. And then what I believe would happen is they would go back to their core specialists that would send them there. When I say core specialists, obviously I'm talking about their dermatologist or their plastic surgeon, and they would share with them the value of the course. And then what would happen is we then found we had roomfuls of plastic surgeons and dermatologists that were actually interested in learning at the course. And there was one point, I think it was around 2005, that I used to travel up to New York City about once a month to conduct classes in Manhattan. And we would have the room full of physicians and plastic surgeons and derms that oftentimes you'd see quoted in magazines or interviewed on TV. And at first there was a little bit of ego there, but then they quickly would succumb to the fact that, again, they might know their specialty, but we certainly knew our stuff on Botox and fillers. So that's what I saw. Do you think that they find the atmosphere less intimidating and easier for them to learn? Well, (laughs) once they state their position, obviously they're amongst their peers and 
They don't want to let down with the fact that they have quite a reputation up there, at least in Manhattan. That's what I found was the case. But then they would, within the first 15 to 20 minutes, I think they realized a lot of times that my instruction was there and the knowledge base was there. And so I think that they found it maybe less intimidating that it was a nurse practitioner that was teaching it. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM 160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Jill Jones, CEO of Aesthetic Advancements AAI in Atlanta, Georgia, and Jennifer Paleo, nurse practitioner and owner of Faces of South Tampa. And we're discussing the growing field of aesthetic medicine. So, Jen, you said nurse injector. Can we go over this a little bit? This is a term that a lot of folks don't quite understand, and they've been around for a long time. What is their role? And then how has it changed with the growth of PAs and NPs in this field? That's a great question, and I actually was thinking about this the other day. When I first started working as a nurse practitioner, I started in 2001 after I finished my master's, and I went to work for a cosmetic surgeon in Tampa. And when I took the job, I actually thought I would work more as helping with post-op care or even helping in the OR, but he really hired me to do the injecting and to run the laser at his office. And so that was kind of the evolution of what came about as a nurse injector And before mid-levels came on the field, most of the injections were done by the physicians themselves. The plastic surgeons and dermatologists were obviously leading the way as far as injectables go, but they didn't really want to do this. They would rather spend their time in the OR or doing things that probably were more productive for them. So these physicians saw the value in having a mid-level workout in the main office doing injections or running the laser and creating revenue while they were back in the OR. And One of my jobs with AI is I constantly conduct research to see what each state's regulations is as far as can an RN inject, can an NP inject, can a PA inject. And I classify a nurse injector as really all of us mid-levels. Each state has different regulations. Some states RNs can inject. Some states cannot inject according to the law. But I consider us all mid-level providers. What is the acceptance of the nurse injector in the field today? I would say it's very well accepted. It still is going to be protested, I think, against some of the physicians because of the turf war. But I believe that the nurse injectors from the pharmaceutical company standpoint are some of their best injectors in the country, what they consider some of their best injectors. So I would say, in my opinion, they're very well accepted. So you brought it up. So let's talk about the turf wars. In this field, in this field, they exist not only between physician and physician, but also between physician and mid-level injections. How are mid-levels defending, protecting their scope of practice? Well, I think that what you're seeing is the mid-levels are realizing that they no longer can just sit back and hope that nothing will occur that will affect their livelihood. And interestingly enough, we have a colleague that is one of our best instructors at Aesthetic Advancements, and she was actually a, a nurse injector in Alabama. And what happened was is the dermatologist lobbied to deny nurses the ability to inject in Alabama, and they did did turn the state law over and determine it not to be within the scope of practice for nurses to inject in Alabama. So now this lady that I'm referring to is a wonderful injector, a very sought-after instructor for AI, but she has a current license in an adjacent state, and she has to cross state lines in order to inject because they switched the rules there. But Jill actually can probably speak to the fact that she's in charge of a task force at ASPSN where they're creating a certification exam where the 
nurse injector can get certified as an aesthetic nurse specialist. And one of the most important things that I think is important when we're talking about this TURF or and if we're able to inject is to provide good, safe procedures. And then if it ever comes that we have to go before our board and lobby for the fact that we should be able to inject, we'll have a good, safe history on our side. That's really important because I want to talk about medical supervision for a minute. Because you have, you know, a lot of RNs injecting. You have RNs teaching classes where injections are taking place. And you hear rumbling in the back about, is this legal or, you know, are they doing something wrong? And it sounds like, you know, you guys are making sure that this is all legal. You know, maybe it's just getting the information out to everybody that there's nothing crazy going on here. People just practicing within their scope. Right. And they are. And, you know, speaking of the turf wars, Lisa, it's very interesting because, as Jennifer said, it was basically the dermatologist leading the campaign across the country to limit the scope of practice for nurses that they should not be injecting, although nurses historically have been the ones in charge of injecting medication within a a hospital that could stop a patient's heart or end a life. Yet they were saying that it was an issue of safety that nurses should not be providing these procedures. Yet, with aesthetic advancements, if you look at our statistics, the number one specialty attending our courses to learn how to safely do these procedures are dermatologists. And they're starting to come around and realize at one uh, recent board meeting in California, there was a key dermatologist that was presenting, and he stood up and he said, listen, that train has left the station. We cannot go back. You know, from here on out, we have to just regulate. And I do agree that there's not any policing out there to speak of. And what I mean by policing, who is setting the guidelines? Who is saying who is competent? And Jennifer can speak to this as well as I. We have taught courses where we have been more frightened by a particular physician that was going to go out and provide these procedures than the nurse that was training right beside them. It is a distinct set of skills. So I think there needs to be guidelines and standards set for any practitioner that is providing these procedures, regardless of the level of education. And Jill, where can listeners get more information about aesthetic advancements? They can go to our website, aestheticadvancements.com, or call our toll-free number, 800-714-4811. Jill and Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.